I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Every fortnight we bring you a mixture of features and discussions exploring every aspect of gardening, growing your own fruit and vegetables, plant care, pest control, garden design and container ideas, plus expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Jenny Bowden, one of the RHS's team of horticultural advisors. Coming up in this edition... We reveal the top 10 garden pests of the past 12 months, a focus on some of the best RHS partner gardens and the latest news and events across our four RHS gardens in Surrey, Devon, Essex and North Yorkshire. But first, let's hear what jobs you can be tackling in your garden right now. Hi, I'm Peter Jones, the team leader of the Glass Houses here at RHS Wisley. Now we're coming into spring and it's starting to get warmer. Our days are getting longer and we're getting a little bit more sunshine. Because it's getting warmer and our days are getting longer, it's important to keep an eye on ventilation on our glass houses, especially on those sunny days. So making sure we start opening the roof vents or perhaps leaving the door open slightly, but also remembering to close them because we can still get frosts. Jobs that we can get started on, it is now an excellent time to start potting some of those larger potted house plants. Say if you had a palm or a fig or a rubber plant, for example, in your living room, now's a good opportunity to pot anything that might be slightly on the pot-bound side. An idea of pot-bound would be something that's been in its pot for quite a long time, it's full of root, it's probably its growth has started to slow down. Now a lot of people will keep a plant in the same pot for some time because they want to restrict its growth. Now there's nothing wrong with this at all but it's a good idea every two or three years to replace the compost or take it out of its pot, remove some of the old compost, maybe trim back some of the roots slightly and then repot into that same pot if you want to keep it at that size. Also as we get into the warmer weather it's time to keep an eye out for pest. Especially on the sunny days, aphids are going to start to emerge and be more noticeable. So keep a sharp eye out for those. Also, uh, you might get a few indicators if you've had vine weevil. So if you see plants suddenly start to wilt or die down, don't be afraid to knock the plant out of the pot and have an investigate looking for any little white grubs that might have been chomping on its roots over the winter. So while we're keeping an eye out for pests, it's also a good idea just to make sure it's nice and clean and tidy in our glass houses, removing any dead matter or any leaf litter where bugs and beasties could be hiding. My name is Markus Ratscheid. I'm one of the garden managers here at the RHS flagship garden at Wisley in Surrey. 
this is a good time of the year to prevent things that are going wrong for the upcoming season. Now you have problems in your garden later on with diseases, with weeds. So going through your garden, remember from last year where you had the nettle problems in your herbaceous border and just get your fork and uh, carefully remove the rhizomes of your nettles so this will save you lots of work later on this year. It's good time of the year, the ground is fairly soft and you can see where the nettles are coming out now. You can easily remove them with a fork. It's easier to do it now rather than later when the plants are getting too tall. In your propagation houses, make sure they are clean, make sure that all the pots, your seed trays, all the tools are meticulously clean and that you're not carrying over any pathogens from last year into this year. So clean them, wash them thoroughly before you use them. So this avoids damping off problems, this avoids any other issues in terms of diseases. Pruning, of course, in your fruit garden, also in your ornamental garden with your shrubs, is a great way to increase air circulation amongst your shrubs, in your fruit tree, in your rose bushes. You do this for shape, but you also do pruning to reduce the level of uh, risk in terms of plant diseases later on. So the more air you can get into your rose shrub, into your flowering shrub, the better it is, the higher the air circulation, the lower the risk of getting fungal-borne diseases. Hi, I'm Colin Crosby. I'm the curator of RHS Garden Wisley. Looking good at the garden at the present moment. There are so many things. The garden has been carpeted with bulbs, lots of daffodils around. But for me, the really exciting thing for this weekend is the magnolias. The magnolias are starting to flower. The flowers are bursting open. A whole range of pinks, purples, whites, yellows every colour in between and some of the flowers are just so big they are beautiful so for me magnolias are the plant of the week you can find more tips and advice and video guides to seasonal tasks on the gardening pages of the rhs website that's rhs.org.uk forward slash advice i'm jenny bowden and you're listening to the rhs gardening podcast Every year, our RHS entomology team here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey release their top 10 pests of the year list. Based on the number of queries sent into the team, the list provides a guide to the most troublesome garden pests of the past 12 months. This year, we've seen a 42% increase in the number of inquiries to the team, and there's some new creatures on the list too. Here's RHS senior entomologist Dr Andrew Salisbury to tell us more as he counts down from 10 to 1. These are the most inquired about pest problems in gardens from last year. At number 10, we have ant problems in gardens. This is usually in, in lawns and where the ants can cause mounds. And um, also, if you're unfortunate to have red ants in your garden, they have a bit of a sting and can be a bit of a, a problem there and make life uncomfortable on the lawn. They'll also tend aphids on plants and remove sort of the green fly and black flies, normal predators such as ladybird larvae. And um, they can also disturb roots. Very difficult to control. Pesticides just generally don't, don't work very well against them, although there is a, a nematode biological control that uh, can be given a go. We have two pests now which have the same number of inquiries. There are mammal pests, mice and voles, and tortrix moth. Both come in at equal eighth. Mice and voles cause various different sorts of damage in the garden. They can uh, pick unripe strawberries and pile them up. Uh, and they'll also gnaw the woody stems of plants. 
and can cause plant death. They vary a lot each year in gardens and generally their numbers can drop down back to insignificant levels just as quickly as as they rise. Very difficult to do anything about. You can try trapping them, but generally damage from these pests has to be tolerated. Equal eighth were the tortrix moths. These are moths that have caterpillars, which are green. But what is typical about these is they sow leaves together and feed away inside. They can cause quite a lot of damage to plants both indoors and outside and can be present all year round, particularly indoors. Control of these is is manual, basically squashing the caterpillars within the leaves. You can try pesticides, but they don't work too well against these pests which hide away in the leaves. And there are pheromone traps to trap the adults. The adult moths are small moths with about a centimetre wingspan, and they're generally brown in colour. At seven, a new entry and a first-time top appearance in the top ten pests. That is the Allium or Leek Leaf Mining Fly. This was a pest that was new to Britain in 2002, first found in the Wolverhampton area, but has since spread uh, and is now found throughout much of southern and middle England. This fly pest lays its eggs in leeks and other alliums. The maggots then feed away and you then get secondary infestations often first spotted the second generation in late summer where the seed-like pupae are found in the stems of leeks and uh, other alliums very difficult to do anything about all you can do is grow the crop under fleece to keep the adult flies out at six very common garden problem aphids green fly and black fly can affect a wide range of plants they are sap sucking pests and almost any plant can become infested You can use uh, pesticides against them, both the organic and the synthetic types. The organic types tend to work best against those aphids which haven't caused curled leaves. You can squash them on the plants. Indoors you can get biological controls by either parasitic wasps or other natural enemies can be used such as ladybirds, their larvae, lacewings and hoverfly larvae. Generally their numbers of aphids tend to die down by mid to late summer as these natural enemies sort of catch up with the pest populations. Heading into the top five, another non-native pest, the rosary beetle. First found out of doors in the UK in about 1994, this insect has now become widespread throughout England, Wales and is becoming, has become established in parts of Scotland. The rosary beetle is an attractive one centimetre long beetle. Uh, it's metallic green with some purplish stripes on it. That and its grey larvae can be found feeding on uh, rosemary, lavender, thyme and some related plants throughout the year. You can use pesticides against it, but they tend not to work too well against the adult beetles. The adult beetles can also fly in. And of course, you are limited on the pesticides you can use on edible herbs. The other option is to try and remove them by hand. At four, a pest that anybody who grows lilies, lilium or fritillaries will be familiar with. It's the lily beetle, another non-native insect. It arrived in the UK in the late 1930s and it remained relatively rare until the late 1980s where it was largely confined to Surrey. However, the past 20 to 30 years, this pest has become widespread uh, and it is now found throughout the UK and uh, we're regularly getting records now from um, Aberdeen. Both the bright red adults and the larvae which cover themselves in their own slimy red excrement can be found on the plants throughout the growing season where they can cause quite serious defoliation. Control here is either manual removal or uh, the use of pesticides but due to the long season of activity and the fact the adults can fly in you will need to repeat control. 
At number three, the cushion scale, another sap-sucking pest. Uh, this is something that becomes very evident at this time of year, actually. This particular species of scale is found on thick-leaved evergreen shrubs, such as camellia and rhododendron. And at this time of year, the nymphs are maturing into uh, adult females. And when they do this, they produce copious amounts of honeydew. Uh, on that honeydew, you get gross a black sooty mould, which, as I say, can become obvious in late winter and early spring. As we go into spring, the adults begin to produce uh, white egg masses on the undersurface of the leaves. Those eggs don't hatch till midsummer, by which point most of the sooty mould has fallen off the plants and the plants are looking quite healthy. But it is at that time you can take control with pesticides to reduce the problem next late winter. So it's something if you spot it now, put a note in your diary to do something about it in July. Into the top two and two very usual suspects and major gardening problems. Number two is the vine weevil. You get those very dark grey, almost black adult weevils with the yellow flecking that cause notch-like damage to the leaves of typically thick-leaved uh, evergreen plants. Again, rhododendron and, and camellia are favourites. But the most damage is caused by the larvae, which are C-shaped, white, found in the in, at the roots of plants they feed up over the winter months and they can actually eat the roots away so that by the time you come into spring and you're expecting your plants to put on full growth they offer, they can collapse you lift them out of their pots or out of the ground you find the white grubs uh, instead of the roots control for this one is apply uh, either a pesticide or a biological control in late summer early autumn against the grubs in pots and containers, you can only use the uh, you can use the pesticide or the nematode. In the open ground, you can only use the nematode biological control. For the adult weevils, I'm afraid it is just trying to hand pick, and you're more likely to find them active after dark. And number one, as they have been for eight out of the past ten years, it's slugs and snails. We all know the damage they cause. They feed on a wide variety of plants, causing holes in the leaves. They leave slime trails behind but not always. Control of these things, you can use pellets. There are both those considered organic and uh, synthetic available on the market. There is a, a nematode biological control, which can work quite well against slugs, although in theory it works against snails, but snails just don't become exposed to it. You can plant, accept some damage, uh, plant plants that are less likely to be damaged, uh, use barriers, and of course you can go out at night with a torch and manually remove them. You can find information and advice on controlling garden pests on the RHS website at rhs.org.uk forward slash advice. Now, with spring well and truly arrived, it's a great time to get out and about and make a visit to one of our four RHS gardens. Here's some events that you can come along to in the coming weeks. Between the 27th and the 29th of March at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey, it's the annual Spring Plant Fair where you can enjoy a lovely day out, buy beautiful specialist plants and useful gardening accessories and get great RHS advice. Normal garden admission applies and the fair is open between 10am and 5pm on the 27th and 9am till 5pm on the 28th and 29th. If you visit RHS Garden Rosemore in Devon on the 7th of April, you can come on a wildlife walk where you and your family will get the opportunity to explore the garden and see what wildlife is hiding among the trees and flowers. 
up until the 12th of April between 10 and 4.30, come along with your family to RHS Garden Harlow Car in North Yorkshire and take advantage of the Easter Arts and Crafts exhibition, featuring a range of handmade items, many with a wildlife theme. Be sure to get tickets to RHS Garden Hyde Hall in Essex's painting workshop on the 16th of April between 11 and 12.30. In this workshop, Essex artist John Harrison will show you how to confidently paint people and add them to your paintings. As always, full details of all these events and more are on the RHS website. Go to rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens what's on. Now, National Gardening Week is soon upon us, between the 13th and 19th of April, and if you'd like to get involved, you can visit nationalgardeningweek.org.uk to find out what great gardening events are going to be taking place in your area at many different places around the country. Now, if you don't live close by one of our four RHS gardens, why not visit one of our partner gardens? We asked RHS Gardens Visits Editor, Sean Thomas, to select her pick of RHS Partner Gardens for spring. One of the benefits of being an RHS member is the chance to visit our network of 169 partner gardens. There's 150 throughout the UK and a further 19 um, abroad. And these are independently owned gardens that support the charitable work of the RHS by really generously opening free of charge to our members at certain times. The partner gardens are chosen for their really high standards of design and planting and there's a huge range to visit anything from stately capability brown landscapes like Blenheim Palace to more naturalistic prairie gardens to smaller town gardens like Millgate House in Yorkshire. Many partner gardens also host partner events and this could be a tour with the head gardener or it might be a pruning workshop and these events also offer discounts to RHS members. With 150 partner gardens around the UK, there's so much choice and wherever you are in the UK, you're not going to be far from a garden to visit. Here are a couple of suggestions of gardens that you might like to visit with your membership. Stilling Fleet Lodge Gardens in North Yorkshire is a series of really tranquil gardens created by Vanessa and John Cook over the last 40 years. The emphasis is on cottage garden planting and also on being as wildlife friendly as possible. Vanessa has a passion for small trees, so you'll find plenty of ideas for trees that you can use in a modest-sized garden. The real stars in April are the blossoming cherries and crab apples, especially Malus coronaria charlotte, which has a lovely smell of violets. You can borrow a map to explore some of the garden's best trees. The garden is also a really good place to see shade lovers like pulmonarias. The garden has 30 pulmonaria species and cultivars, including pulmonaria rubra, which can start flowering as early as Christmas, and pulmonaria Mary Mottram, which has lovely frosted silver leaves. On National Open Gardens Day, the garden will be opening free in the afternoon, and you can meet the owner, Vanessa Cook, and ask for advice on encouraging wildlife into your garden. You can also meet organic vegetable gardening expert Tony Chelcraft, who will be on hand to answer visitors' questions in the organic vegetable plot. Another fantastic garden that you might like to visit this spring is Nyman's. Nyman's was created by the Messel family in the late 1800s, and it's one of the great gardens of the Sussex Weald. It's probably best known for its wonderful summer borders, but the season actually gets off to a very early start – 
Each year, the gardens team does a flower count in mid-February, and they've actually been known to count 150 different plants in flower at that time of year. In spring, the garden really comes onto its own with plenty of colour from daffodils and other spring flowering bulbs to vibrant rhododendrons and camellias. It's got one of the first Japanese-style gardens built in England, and this is home to a beautiful wisteria planted in 1902, and also a collection of Wilson azaleas that explode into reds, pinks and whites from around about May, depending on the season. One of the loveliest things about Nyman's is it has a really playful, theatrical feel, and this is partly down to the yew and box topiary. There's everything from animals to astrological globes and abstract shapes, and I think children in particular would really enjoy that aspect of the garden. Nyman's is currently undergoing a garden rediscovery project, so if you visited before, you are likely to notice lots of exciting changes and improvements, uh, such as the restoration of the sunk garden. The gardens team have been very busy cutting back overgrown plants, opening up views and enhancing the Italian feel of this part. On National Open Gardens Day, there will be tours at Nyman's with the head gardener and the assistant head gardener. They'll be talking about their love of gardening, about Nyman's specialist collections, and just generally sharing inspiring ideas that you can take home and try in your own garden. RHS Garden Visits Editor, Sean Thomas. You can see a full list of RHS partner gardens on the RHS website and find out which gardens offer free entry by going to rhs.org uk forward slash partner gardens so that's all for this edition we'll be back in a fortnight until then remember to follow us on twitter at the underscore rhs and like us on facebook for now from me jenny bowden and all the rhs gardening podcast team goodbye I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilise the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.